0: What's up guys, Brett Appley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and no fade of the week this week with only 10 fights. Going to give you another sneaky fight that I think is worth targeting for UFC Vegas 39. That's Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez in the main event. Before we get into it though, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video as always, and comment below who your favorite play is on the DraftKings slate. Love reading those, and look, there's so much other great content coming out here on the Mayo Media Network. My boy Cody Safdick is on what, like three straight PRPs? uh, Just crushing it across the board. Make sure to watch the Dogger Pass podcast with him and Paul Shaughnessy here on the channel. I'm gonna do my best to back up my content. Uh, Four picks this week, 10 fights. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys. This week, I'm rolling with Alexander Romanov as my cash gameplay of the week. No surprise. He is up to, man, I'm seeing him up at minus 900 on some sites, minus 700 across other sites. So he is the biggest favorite on the board by far up there at 9.2K. And it's for good reason. He's fighting Jared Vandera who is actually coming off a win, but Romanov um, is a high volume wrestler and has had a lot of success in the UFC with that skill set already. He's averaging 4.75 takedowns per 15 minutes, landed four in his UFC debut in less than two rounds, two in his next fight, and coming off a two uh, takedown performance against Juan Espino, though that was a split decision victory for him. That was a much tougher matchup then this one is expected to be against Vandera, who Vandera looked good in his most recent fight but prior to that fought Sergey Spivak, gave up three takedowns and was TKO'd on the ground in less than two rounds. Just simply couldn't get off his back, was controlled for nine minutes on the ground. Um, yeah, Didn't defend a single takedown out of three attempted so it was a big concern especially moving into this fight, considering Romanov is going to go out there and try and dump him on the mat, get on top of him and and pound away. That's what Romanov is good for. So from a DraftKings perspective, we know that scores well. And he's not even that expensive at 9.2k. I mean, Steve Garcia is at 9.1k, who's like minus 300 to win. Romanov pushing minus 900 to win. And more importantly, minus Uh, 2.30 to win inside the distance which is a really high percentage so not only is Romanov extremely likely to win this fight at least according to the money line he's extremely likely to win this fight inside the distance and that inside the distance is very likely to come from takedowns control ground and pound and a submission and in his first two UFC Fights that ended inside the distance, Romanov scored 128 and 110 points up at 9.2K. Yeah, there's reason to uh, consider fading him in tournaments. Maybe not fading, but being underweight to the field considering he'll be very popular. And there are a a lot of other fighters in this range who have high upside as well. But in cash games, Romanov just appears so safe and he has a very high chance of scoring 100 points on the slate with that inside distance line, with that grappling style. And given Vandera's weaknesses that we've seen already in the ufc so romanov at 9.2k he'll be my cash game play of the week all right moving on to my tournament play this week i'm gonna roll with damon jackson at 8.4k granted there are a lot of solid tournament options on this card and it's not like jackson is so much better than every other fighter i'm definitely going to be spreading out my exposure here But I think this is an interesting stylistic matchup because ultimately, Damon Jackson is a grappler. He's fighting Charles Rosa, who is a grappler. And I think this fight is going to take place on the ground. But the difference between the two fighters is that Rosa does not defend takedowns well against poor competition. Damon Jackson also has a poor defensive takedown rate at 35%, and that's a major question mark. But the majority of his takedowns came in one fight against Mirsad Bekdik, where he gave up seven takedowns out of nine attempted. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a major concern for me. But Jackson still actually won that fight by submission. Rosa has a takedown defense rate of 37%, and he's given up takedowns to almost every single opponent he's faced. He's fought in the UFC 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 six seven eight nine ten times and he's given up takedowns to eight of his opponents he he's given up uh two or more takedowns one two three four five different times and he doesn't excel off his back he'll throw up arm bars he'll throw up triangles that's fine but he can be held down for long stretches of time bryce mitchell took him down three times on three attempts and earned 13 minutes of control in a 15 minute fight. Derek Minner, who had never won a decision in his life, attempted five takedowns, landed four of them, and earned 12 and a half minutes of control in a 15 minute fight and earned a knockdown. And ultimately, I just think Damon Jackson is a more physical wrestler here. Damon Jackson is going to attempt takedowns, and I have no reason to believe he's not going to be successful. He opened at like plus 155, but is now trending as a moderate favorite. I'm seeing him at minus 187, minus 190, minus 200 in spots. Um, He's a solid favorite over Charles Rosa now, and I think it's because people expect that he's a more physical grappler, he's a better top-control grappler, and he's a very good submission grappler. My kind of concern with him is that he's 18-4 professionally, Jackson is, and he's won inside the distance 17 of those times, 14 times by submission. And one thing I will give Rosa credit for is he is very tough to finish, especially by submission. And so even if Jackson gets on top, I don't know that it's super likely he racks up a submission, And my concern is that considering he always wins by submission, if he doesn't win by submission here, does he win at all? And I'm not totally sure about that. But the bottom line is that, you know, sure, if this fight plays out in the feet, Rosa might have a little bit of an advantage. He's smaller. He he only lands 3.1 significant strikes. But he can, you know, throw some kicks from the outside. He can maybe win rounds from the outside. I, I just think this fight's gonna take place on the ground. Rosa averages 1.78 takedowns per 15 minutes. Jackson is averaging 1.14. That's in a very small and uh, n- non-trustworthy sample. Um, you know, Mirsad Bekdik and Ilya Tapuria are two very talented fighters and two very physical and strong grapplers. And I just think Rosa is a significant step below them. I think Jackson's going to attempt takedowns in this fight. I think he's going to land them. I think he's going to earn a lot of control time. And from a DraftKings perspective at 8.4k, he has a lot of upside because he could land 3 to 5 takedowns, he could earn 10 plus minutes of control, he could land significant strikes, non-significant strikes, and he even has a shot at a submission at uh plus 240 to win inside the distance. So Um, Jackson's 8.4k, he's a fighter that has enough grappling upside, where if he wins this fight, he's likely to exceed value in that victory, you don't have to pay up to 9k, 9.1, 9.2k for him, so he saves you some salary, he has upside, and he's a value at near minus 200 to win at only 8.4k against a weak defensive wrestler, so I like Damon Jackson in this matchup, I think it should be fun, I I think it should take place on the ground, and Jackson is going to be my tournament play of the week. All right, moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to talk about Mackenzie Dern at 8.2K and and the main event as a whole with Marina Rodriguez at 8K. Dern is the value side currently. She's up at minus 176, uh, Rodriguez plus 151. And this is kind of a, a binary matchup in the sense that if Dern can land takedowns, she's going to have a ton of success. She's going to earn control. She's likely going to win by submission. And if she cannot land takedowns I think she's going to get lit up on the feet maybe over the course of five rounds and lose a decision potentially even get stopped but I think the winner of this fight has a pretty decent shot to exceed value uh, in a victory and I like the Dern side especially because of her grappling skill set again she is a value she is pushing minus 175 in spots at only 8.2k and over five rounds, worst case scenario, over five rounds, she wins the fight. It's still gonna come from takedowns and control, but Marina Rodriguez gives up. Uh, take, She's only defending takedowns at 62%, and she doesn't get up from her back when she is taken down. She was taken down five times by Carla Esparza, gave up nine minutes of control. Um, Cynthia Calvillo earned more than five minutes of control. I could go back. Uh, Random Marcos earn more than five minutes of control so if Dern lands even one takedown she's very very likely to win that round and she potentially can just win by submission because she's a world-class black belt a world-class submission grappler and Marina Rodriguez is good on the mat like a purple belt in jiu-jitsu but there are levels to this game and Dern is several levels ahead of her on the ground so from a DraftKings perspective Dern is just so so likely to end up on the optimal lineup if she wins. I'm not saying that she's guaranteed to win. I don't I don't think I'm like comfortable with her betting line because she only defense she only lands takedowns at 10% accuracy, meaning she attempts them at a high rate, she just has struggled to land them historically, though she is improving uh, throughout the course of her UFC career and coming off a fight against Nina Nunes where she attempted two takedowns, landed one of them, got 4 minutes of control and a submission, and I think that's in her wheelhouse again here against Rodriguez. It may only take one takedown. Dern gets on her back, locks up a submission. That could be, the, could be the end of it, and Dern has one of the better inside distance lines on this slate at minus 115, so you're just getting elite metrics at 8.2k in a fight that has five-round potential uh, with a fighter in Dern who has a ton of grappling upside, so Dern is going to rate out as a Elite play on this slate in the main event and Marina Rodriguez is a solid play too. I'm not as high on her She's overpriced theoretically according to her betting line But considering it's a binary matchup if Dern can't get those takedowns Rodriguez should have an advantage at range. She should be able to rack up significant strikes and uh, over five rounds score enough points to be competitive with the optimal lineup so this is a great fight to target this week and I do prefer Dern as my salary play of the week at 8.2k all right moving on to the final segment i'm not going to give out a fade of the week because i just don't really think i just don't really believe in it essentially like if i had a fighter that i really believed you should be fading i would give it out to you but i just don't want to throw out a name just to force the segment like even you know i think people will be light on chris good so I'm I'm actually going to talk about a sneaky fight, and it's going to be Chris Gutierrez versus Felipe Calares, a fight that I'm interested in targeting. I think people are going to be light on Gutierrez, but I wouldn't consider him a fade because of reasons I'll explain. Um, People might be light on Nicolau, but I I wouldn't consider him a fade. I like Mazo and Agapova, that fight, so there just are very few options where I look at this 10-fight slate and think, yeah, you must fade this fighter. But the Gutierrez versus Kolaris is a fight I want to talk about because it's also somewhat binary um, in the sense that Kolaris really needs to get this fight on the ground. And if he can, he's probably going to have success and he might very well win. And if he can't, he's going to get lit up. He's going to get destroyed, potentially finished. And it like... It's tough to talk about because I, I don't, you know, I don't want to see fighters get hurt, but Kolaris just has no striking defense at all. I'm gonna pull up his numbers real quick. He's defending strikes at 38%. It's, it's just so poor. Landing 2.15 per minute, absorbing 4.22 per minute, and Not only that, his takedown defense is so poor. 38%. He just has no defense in his game. He's been knocked down two fights in a row. He got knocked down and gave up 118 significant strikes and two takedowns against Luke Sanders and still ended up winning that fight somehow. And in the fight prior against Montel Jackson, he was knocked down, gave up 75 significant strikes and 11 takedowns. And that was one of the worst beatings I've ever seen. Prior to that, he gave up two takedowns to Domingo Pilarte. Prior to that, he gave up six takedowns to Geraldo De Freitas. He is just—he has no defense. And the downside with Gutierrez is that he can be too patient. He doesn't put his foot on the gas pedal enough. And so, in theory, Gutierrez might bust here because he might defend some takedowns, land some damage on the feet, but just not really push a pace, not really go after the finish, win a decision— and crush you on drafting. So that that's why I think he'll, people will be off of him, and that's fair. But on a 10-fight slate, there's going to be so many fighters with, with huge ownerships, like Romanov, for example, and I think Gutierrez is going to be a bit overlooked, and the bottom line is, if, if this fight does play out on the feet, if Kolaris can't land takedowns, Gutierrez just has such a massive technical advantage. Defending strikes at 59%, landing 4.3 per minute, absorbing only 2.45. And he's one of the most devastating leg kickers in this division. And he has multiple uh, TKOs by leg kicks on his record. And I just think he's going to destroy Kolaris' legs um, if the fight stays standing. And although that doesn't necessarily translate into a finish, it could... And it, and it could lead to knockdowns, which score very well on DraftKings. Uh, Gutierrez has three knockdowns in his last three fights, and the majority of them are from leg kicks. And it's one of the easiest strikes to land. I think the leg kicks are going to be there for him here, and it's good to invest in a fighter who has knocked down equity. He doesn't need to land a devastating overhand right to knock Kolaris down. It might take five leg kicks you know, and the more leg kicks add up, that add up, the more the head strike damage will be there for Gutierrez, the easier he will, uh, the easier time he will have landing takedowns, so I think Gutierrez has a little bit of a sneaky option, a little bit of a contrarian option at 8.9k, he doesn't rate out spectacularly because he doesn't produce a ton of offense his inside distance line's only plus 300 so he's not a fighter that I look at and say you must have a lot of exposure to but in this particular matchup Kolaris is going to come forward Kolaris is going to be aggressive and Gutierrez is going to have to throw. And just, Kolaris doesn't defend strikes or takedowns at all. It's going to give Gutierrez an opportunity to produce more offense than he typically has. He has knockdown equity. He has takedown equity. He has finishing equity, in my opinion. And he's going to be lower on than the majority of fighters in this range. So I think he's a sneaky tournament target at 8.9K. And Kolaris on the other side, 7.3K. He, he needs to get the fight to the ground. He needs to land takedowns. Um, Average is 2 15 minutes that's fine he's landed three two one and two in his first four ufc bouts and gutierrez defends at 73 percent which is pretty decent but he has given up a takedown to three of his last four opponents he's given up two or more takedowns in three of his last six fights and so it's not unreasonable to think Kolaris could get him down a few times um and if he can, I mean that that could be enough to win rounds and to win a decision. Gutierrez earned a draw with Cody Durden because Durden took him down early, took his back, and held him for an entire round. And from a DraftKings perspective, seven point three K. We're so desperate for for value this week below the mid range. Claris is down there at seven point three K with grappling upside, coming off a a 82 point win which he only landed a couple takedowns if he lands a couple takedowns again here and scores 80 85 plus points you're gonna be thrilled and I think it's a viable path to victory for him I'm not picking him to win I think Kolaris is gonna beat him but I'm not 100% certain that Gutierrez is gonna defend all takedowns and so at least Kolaris will be aggressive at least he'll try at least he does have a path to victory and because this fight's somewhat binary Um, I think the winner's fairly likely to score points on DraftKings in a win, and it's a fight that I'm interested in targeting this weekend. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, like that video, comment below who your favorite DraftKings play of the week is. You can follow me on Twitter, aprodapley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings needs. Got all the breakdowns up, an hour and a half podcast with AJ Shulo up now. We'll post rankings, projections, betting content, all the good stuff, dailyfanmma.com. Again, thank you for the support. Best of luck in your contest this week. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.